Guru Nation, welcome to episode 776 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I interview Tiffany Ashton, who just joined me on a panel on industry relations at SOS Conference. She is from Clin Essentials. She wrote a book, an ebook on helping people get in the industry. She's got over 20 years of experience in the space, so we get into a lot of interesting conversations uh, around the job, around outsourcing, around what employers look for, and where the industry is headed. So hopefully you enjoy this. Check out her links in the show notes. Quick shout-outs to our sponsors, Inato, amazing website slash portal for helping sites with therapeutic area expertise find appropriate studies. It's completely free. You'll never be charged for it. Uh, and they don't get involved in your budgets or anything like that. They're just simply a matchmaker between sites and sponsors. Also, quick shout out to Creo, who I cannot imagine running my site without them. It's eSource, eReg, CTMS, uh, patient recruitment, all it's really like so much going on there in making invoicing easy. Creo's amazing tool that I use every single day. Check out both sponsors in the show notes. With that being said, enjoy the show. Guru Nation, thank you so much for watching, listening, however you're consuming this. Uh, I'm here with a very special guest, Tiffany Ashton. We're fresh off of an SOS high. Yes. It was literally like two business days ago in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Tiffany was on one of our panels on industry relations and networking. She's a master networker. She's Super well connected. And, you know, I think, I mean, I've had you on the podcast before, I think a few mm -hmm. times, actually, yeah. Tiffany, and we kind of got into like the nuts and bolts of operations. You've been in every role you can probably think of in research, CRC, CRA, CTM, probably a bunch of stuff like in between. Mm -hmm. I mean, over 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Space. <laughs> a long time a lot of gray hairs in the front you can't that see that is a long time <laughs> and uh biotech sites i mean we can talk about everything right yeah. yeah but you wrote something that caught my eye recently like mm -hmm. from coming back from sos I was looking at linkedin posting a lot of stuff and sure enough your thing came up too like introduction <laughs> to clinical research guidebook yeah. So try to figure out where and how, how to get a job, know what employers are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to just jump right into this, why you yeah. wrote it? Because I think everyone knows you, but maybe if they don't, just maybe one or two minutes of who you are. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dan, for having me. Um, so uh, Tiffany Ashton, I've been in the industry. I got in 17 and a half right out of high school college, first job, like first real job. Started off as a CRC, um, did that for a few years, um, then went to the CRA position. Um, and then after that kind of did my life cycle of CRA and said, hey, I'm going to have to figure out something else. So that's when I got into the CTM project management space in 2011. And for the most part, you know, I've been there, um, both sponsor and um, 
CRO companies, biotech as, as well as pharma. Um, and so I've done some other positions, lead CRA, unblinded CRA, unblinded CTM, but the CTM is really where my heart is. I, I really love it. And, you know, a lot of times people say, what's next? I'm like, I'm cool right here. And that's, you know, that's mm -hmm. wherever you find your love, you can be cool as a CRA, you can be cool as a CRC, you don't have to keep going if you feel fulfilled in your your position. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm I love fulfilled. that. <laughs> I'm fulfilled. So, um, you know, so that is, you know, my journey. And I love giving back. I love speaking to people that are coming up behind me, new in the industry, wanting to know how do I navigate. Um, and over the last year in 2023, I did some LinkedIn lives where for an hour, I just sat there and answered any kind of question that came through. People wanted to get into the industry, people wanting to know how, where do I go from here? And um, just a lot of questions, a lot of questions that come through LinkedIn, um, just in DMs and questions that we get on our website as well. And so that's what led to this introduction to clinical research um, kind of ebook. It's an ebook, um, 20 pages packed full of like everything plus links to free courses if you're trying to get into clinical research and you need to add some things to your resume go ahead and take those free courses but the biggest thing and kind of the thing that we found out was a lot of people they just start applying i want to be a cra start applying and then they're like i'm not getting anywhere and then so when they come to us and they come to me to ask i'm like well, do you know about good clinical practice? No. And I'm like, okay, do you know about ICH? They're like, no. And I'm like, do you know that CRA is not an entry-level position to our industry? <laughs> They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Stop, stop, stop. You know, like you guys are trying to jump to level six and you got to learn. You know, like if I want to go fly a plane, I can't just walk up yeah. to the cockpit and just knock and say, hey, let me on in. I, I got this thing. I've been on it's lots like of It's like jumping into like a basketball game when you never touch the basketball. Like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so- you know, I know these people are coming from great um, industries and they have a lot of transferable skills, but this kind of, this ebook is like the roadmap of kind of like learning about the fundamental facts of clinical research, then learning about the key players, like who is where and where are the entry level roles. And then we kind of highlight three roles specifically, the CRC role, the CTA role, the CRA role, and the CTM role. Those are the roles that we mm -hmm. highlight specifically, but we also list all of the potential roles you can find under the pharmaceutical company, the CRO at the site level. And then, um, you know, what I really love is at the end, we give them 10 actionable steps. But resume and applying is number five, is not number one, is number five. And so that's the thing that we really want to get across. Like, we, we would love to have you in our industry, but we got to start at the right, pro the right, you know, at the right way so you can navigate, learn, because that's what the employers need. They want people that know about our industry to, right. to get started. I want to ask a couple of questions, but number yeah. one, like, I'm similar i get the same thing mm -hmm. with our cra academy i even mm -hmm. tell like the first thing we tell people it's called cra academy unless you're an rn it's very unlikely your first role is going to be cra exactly so jump into and i always tell them this is why i'm curious why you chose cta 
to include because I always tell them, try study startup specialist, in-house CRA coordinator. There's a number of roles you can get pre-CRA that Yeah. you're more likely to get. Why did you choose CTA? Is that like just kind of like a stand-in term for all these other in-house or is it like something separate? No, they do the CTA, the CTA role, they are like an admin assistant to the study. So they work right alongside the clinical trial manager, the right hand. They Okay. do their meeting minutes. They do their agendas. They do the filing in the ETMF. They do communication and correspondence. Um, you know, some companies may have them involved in a little EDC review, you know, spot checking, but that's typically the in-house CRA. I feel the CTA is easier to get in than even the in-house CRA because Wow. not all companies have in-house CRA positions. All companies have to have a CTA because Oh. the, the yeah, the studies Okay. can't go without it. Like the CTM, the CTM can't do it all. They need someone, which Okay. is the CTA project specialist, you know, different terms. I know some like have, I know like the smaller zeros, sometimes they don't have a CTM and like the PM is like the CTM Yes, exactly. and then they have an assistant. Yep, But you're exactly. saying like the majority of the time it's a CTM and then a CTA is their right hand. As their right hand, because for more administrative things, those that that's the, the the CTM will say, hey, can you create this agenda? Can you send out this meeting invite? Can you do these meeting minutes? That I mean, a study. I've been a CTM that didn't have a CTA and I was like, oh my God, where's the CTA? Like I was creating binders, like creating those regulatory binders, the pharmacy binder. I By was hand. printing, yeah, print, well, creating the document, printing them off, you know, like hole punching them, putting them in the, you know, like, so the, some CTAs have some of that responsibility. Also Wow. getting supplies out, like, so supply tracking, um, tracking who's going to help you with getting access to like EDC and the various systems. That's all CTA. Like you may go to your CRA, but your CRA is going to the CTA to help with those things. So that's kind of like the operations. A study has to have a CTM and a CTA. And so if you have some of that administrative background and can do some of those things, organized, multitasker, you know, once you learn about our industry documents, it's very easy for you to do that CTA role. Interesting. I want to, Yeah. I want to give your book to all our students. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we can, we'll, we'll have links underneath Yeah, where yeah. you can get it. Right. Yeah. Um, I will start incorporating that. So you learn something new every day with Yeah. all these like different companies and Exactly. roles. I didn't Yeah. know CTA was like consistent across Yeah. the majority. It's like when I interview for a position, I say, who's my support? And if they say I don't have a CTA, I'm not considering that because When the when when spot when um, resources are tight, it's like you have to absorb that role, and it's like it's too much. Like they are so needed on every project, and every company calls them something different, like project specialist. Um, you know, it could be a CTA, it could be, um, but most of it's CTA. I would Yeah. So is say it that. fair is it a fair generalization to say like if the CTA is usually the CTM's assistant 
the in-house CRAs, like the CRAs assistant. Is there like yes. similar Yeah. analogy, I guess? Similar analogy, but again, the in-house CRA role is not one. If I had to say out of 10 companies, maybe three might have that in-house CRA. Really? Like Okay. it's not Okay. a big one. It's not Wow. a big one. Some projects, depending on how big the project is, they will have one. And if the project's manageable without, it would just be the CTM, CTA, and then the assigned CRAs. Interesting. It's usually those big, big, big projects that have the in-house CRA. What are the project manager? So what, like, on the, like, going along that same thread of what's typical, is a project manager still typically found in every study? Mm -hmm. No, No. no, not Because every I step. feel like that is interchangeable with CTM and the way you described it, Yeah, right? so if you if a so usually the bigger studies too, they would do a CTM and a project manager of, above the CTM as the escalation point. But some companies will do CTM and then the escalation point is the AD, the associate director. So it's not even you don't have a PM because the, the study's not big enough, you know, like you don't need an escalation point. in between, see you know, like, so not every company will have a PM, a standalone PM and a CTM. Most would be CTM, PM combined. And if they need to escalate, it goes to the AD. Yeah. interesting is this like a relatively new development It depends. I mean, you know, uh, I would say I see it more like at the sponsor companies a lot um, that they have, a clinical project manager, which is in term, the clinical trial manager, they just call it the clinical project Yeah, manager. yeah. And then they give them some financial responsibilities. So they have to like manage, you know, their budget. And that's where the PM portion kind of comes in is like that financial responsibility, making sure the study is staying on budget. And depending on the study, you can not have that PM role standalone. It could just be absorbed into the CTM because you need a CTM no matter what. The PM Well, is like, we do we need a PM kind of thing. Will the CTM have financial responsibilities, typically? Yes, to do um, like ClinOps, like ClinOps responsibilities, like um, how much did ClinOps spend this month across the vendors, across site payments, across, you know, if they're paying for the CRO fees. So yes, ClinOps would need to report that up. Sometimes it's reported up to finance and then finance will collect from data management, medical monitoring, and get all of those items together and finance manages the overarching budget. But if there is a PM, That is where the PM would manage the overarching budget from all of the departments. So it just depends on the project, really, the company, the structure. Um, but I really say if you are considering the CTM role and it's saying on a company website, project manager, look at the responsibilities. If it says you are responsible for the day-to-day -day deliverables of a study, you're a CTM, even though they call it a PM. kind Yeah, of thing yeah. yeah yeah Same thing so if they call something like a research assistant, but you're doing like all your responsibilities are identical to a coordinator. yeah Like you're a coordinator you're a coordinator. <laughs> yeah exactly so Yeah. yeah so
There's a, there's a lot of, so that's one of the way, that's one of the reasons why we put that CTA role because I Makes have sense. seen med, med students come in to a sponsor company and go right into the CTA role and never have been a CRC. So that, you know, like there's a, there's an entryway, you can come in a CRC or you can come in at the CTA level as well. Does the CTA role, like let's say your entry level, right? Does that require a bachelor degree or can you be like an MA? Uh, let's say you have like a year of coordinator experience. Yeah, it depends on the company. But what I have seen that it's not they're not firm on it. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll say, you know, preferred bachelors, um, uh, a combination of experience and schooling. You know, it's really about what they have in the job requirement section, but they know that a lot of times the people that are in the CTA position are in college actively pursuing. It's not something that they're like required mandatory degree. It's usually a little kind of flex on that. Whenever, okay, that's good to know. Whenever yeah. I see that preferred bachelor's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my mind, especially with the students goes, See, they don't need, you don't need a bachelor's. Like, exactly. They prefer it because yeah. they prefer it for normal people. But if you're not yeah. normal, if you're <laughs> extra special, exactly, they'll make a room for you. Yeah, 100%. I say that. And, you know, there will be times in the industry, like kind of now, how the it's not as abundant as it was two years ago with the jobs where preferred and required, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to get the best candidate for the amount of money that they're giving. So they're going to give. So maybe two years ago, they would have taken preferred candidates, but now it, there's, there's a big candidate pool. So they're going to be picking and choosing what is the, you know, like, who can I get, um, you know, with the amount of years experience that we want, the indication, et cetera. It's a little bit tougher now, but it's still possible if you look to small to mid-sized companies and not just apply to all the big CROs. I gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Thank yeah. you for clarifying the yeah, yeah. CTA position and the CTM. There's, there's um, the, you know, there's been a trend mm -hmm. and it really started with project managers, but even before that started with data managers, mm -hmm. outsourcing. So mm -hmm. yeah, Europe is cheaper. India mm -hmm. is even cheaper. Pretty soon Costa Latin Rica. America is coming yep. up. Costa Rica is coming up Costa, right now. Yeah, see, <laughs> and I just came back from Mexico City and there, yeah. that's a super educated English speaking mm -hmm. cohort of professionals. Yeah. What are your thoughts on US studies continuously being outsourced like a lot of their labor from the CRO side specifically CRO side yeah being outsourced like this no one wants to talk about this yeah it's but getting, people are afraid <laughs> yeah it's getting a little scary I would say that because the thing about it is at the end of the day it's money money talks so if they can let's just say get someone to do the work for 20k I don't know if that's within range. That may be even higher, but yeah. let's just say 20K in the in whatever foreign country versus paying someone 50K here, they could get two for one, you know? Like, so 
it's business in that sense. Um, you know, there is, there will be some competition. There will be some companies that do that. I don't think all of them will, um, but there will be some kind of shifting around for those companies that are trying to maximize their, their money and their, their, their budgets. Um, I do know too, that there's been a shift. There's, there's starting to be a shift away from CROs and a lot of small to mid-sized companies are taking their studies back in-house. That's mm -hmm. why I said, guys, if you're looking to apply, look at those small to mid-sized companies because oh the, CROs, <laughs> the CROs may be not losing, you know, they may be losing money because they're not getting as many um, companies. I mean, companies and studies mm -hmm. to to buy on because they they come at a premium, you know, like it's, if we can do our study for, I don't know, $5 million in-house, but we the CRO is going to charge us $15 million to do it through them, that's five, and that's three other studies we could have did for the same amount kind of thing. So that's where they're kind of up against. I'm so glad you brought that up with the small to medium size, especially the sponsors. I'm seeing that trend too. Mm -hmm. uh, CROs are in flux. Like yeah. they're buying sites. They're innovating on technology. They're trying yeah. to find ways to remain relevant. It's not that yeah. they're irrelevant now, yeah. but they see the writing on the wall going forward. Like if you play the I'm cheaper than you game, yeah. if the, you let that play out, there's mm -hmm. no money to be made. Like everyone's exactly doing it for free, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh -huh. that's where it leads. And l let me tell you, I came from like the argument used to be, well, in Europe, you got the time zone difference mm -hmm. and in India, same thing. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, I've been, I just came back from Mexico city. Yeah. Once like they're getting better in English. Yeah. Once they get that figured out, yeah. that time zone is identical to the U S I know a hundred percent. And some, <laughs> they don't care about the time zone. They will work overnight if it aligns with ours, you know, like, so mm -hmm. time zone is not really an argument anymore because mm -hmm. Some will get up at 2 a.m. their time and work until 10 a.m. Wow. and have the rest of their day, you know, kind of thing. So if the opportunity presents themselves in those countries, they're going to work with it. You know, they're not going to turn it away because of time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. the advice is sound small. Not, you know, if you get your start in a CRO or you're happy, like you said, to open the yeah. show. I love that you said that if you find where you're happy. Yeah. Stay. Yeah. Stay. And you got to like stay connected. I would say go to conferences like SOS. Yeah. So you can kind of try to predict the future a little bit. Exactly. Um, you don't want to have your head in the sand either. But right. if you're content, stay where you are, but just know that, hey, things never stay the same. Yep. That's the problem with being content. It's like, okay, I just wish everything stay like this forever. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. happen. You know, the markets move, exactly. things change. And so you got to adapt to you. But this is... Super interesting conversation. Thank you for sharing that about the outsourcing because no one wants to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then AI is another thing too. That's getting <laughs> a little scary. Uh -oh. You know, um, I saw an AI program that was reviewing monitoring trip reports that yes. was able that you were able to program in key specifics flags and the AI was going through monitoring trip reports and then flagging the ones that hit the markers that you programmed in. And then that's when a second eye would come and say, what's going on with this one? 
So even that, you know, like there's, there's some AIs that can do some, some things that are taking some of these uh, roles to whether it's outsourced or not, it could be done by software <laughs> and automation. <laughs> so yeah. let's say you're someone new watching you're, mm -hmm. you've been pumped about research. Yeah. You want to get in and then all these things are working against yeah. us. What's your advice to this person? Still, still get in, uh, you know, like still go for it. Because as we had at the SOS uh, conference, the great debate on paper versus electronic. That was great, by the way. The yeah, it was good. All that. It was good. I'm glad I wasn't on that. I would have yeah. used the wig. Because <laughs> the pictures are out there, but they're so cool. I love that one. That one was, I was, I was in the great debate. Um, but the, when I got in 20 years ago, we were supposed to be at electronic across the board, you know, within years, probably by 2010, we were supposed to be fully electronic. We're 2024 and we're still having a great debate about which one is. So yes, things are changing in other ways, but that doesn't mean that there's not still opportunities. So you, we're still going to need um, research coordinators. We're still going to need CTAs. We're we may get a little bit more efficient in some areas at some companies, but there's still going to be a need. And then you have to remember everybody that's been in 20, 30 years, they're getting ready to retire. <laughs> I've already got about, you know, 10 years max and I'm going to, you know, like retire myself, you know, like, so people right. will be coming out. So you got to get in so you can start getting the years under your, your, um, your belt as well. So there's still opportunity. And if one road closes or you can't find a way there, look down another road. There's thousands of research sites, pharmaceutical companies, biotechs, um, CROs in the United States. Tech now is the new everything, matters. everything. Every so like, you know, like if you're really good with marketing, Maybe you work for a clinical research um, patient recruitment firm kind of thing. If you're good with marketing, you know, like take your strengths and apply it. If you're really good on social media, how many sites are out there that need social media help? And, all of them. you know, like <laughs> and website help. And, you all know, like so exactly. So come in, learn about clinical research, what we do. Um, good clinical practice. What is what will fly? What will not fly? And then apply your social uh, your social media skills to here. So there's a lot of opportunities. So many opportunities. You just got to go and make an opportunity for yourself. Yes, and the market changes, but the need for good human resources yeah. will never go away, in my opinion. Exactly. And you're right. You know, I'm going on my 20th year next year. Yeah. I mean, God willing, I've two three decades left <laughs> but then it's over like what yeah yeah <laughs> so you exactly. need the new people to come in yeah you do and so you know I'm that's why now I'm I'm going into the space of doing what I love and I enjoy which is you know the teaching and the mentoring and all of those things because that's what is is fulfilling after that 20 years this is what I can now give back to those that are coming up behind me and I can share some lessons learned, maybe cut your journey quicker to CTM versus me, you know, kind of thing. And you're doing something right because the SOS, people were excited to see you. Yeah, you were in they the were. front. I saw the people gathering around you. <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany's well connected. That's why you were on that panel, yeah. Industry Relations and Marketing. You're doing something right for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, I don't know if you you caught last last uh, summer. I did a clinical research around the World Series, and I interviewed clinical researchers. Ah, I saw some Yeah. of that. You went to Egypt. Yep, I was in Egypt. I watched that one. I saw Yeah. the one in Egypt. Yeah, so I interviewed a CRA in Egypt. Yes, So I I saw want to see that one. what's going on over here. You guys doing the same thing? You having the same troubles or what's going on? Like, how's it going? And then I I love um, that one. yeah, I like that one. That was one of my favorite. We were like literally right outside the pyramids. And so that was so cool on location. And then um, I interviewed a CTM in Zurich, Switzerland um, as well. And to kind of, and she was a dentist and she came up. As a CTA, she got in as a CTA, she did some CRA work, and then she went to the CTM role. And so, and she was at a sponsor. So we talked about her journey and, and similar, similar journey that we're having here. Um, and then I talked to an investigator as well in Dubai, um, doing some really cool research, more so investigator initiated trials um, and some of the products and, and, and services that he has to offer that is really going to help some of these studies Mm -hmm. coming isn't it amazing up. like you Yeah. travel way more than me but like when i <laughs> i like going international like mexico yeah. city i just came back two weeks ago so it's Yeah. fresh in my head Yeah. the people there tiffany let me tell you like we've got serious issues here in our country like Yeah. long term Yeah. we're not valuing the right things over there let me tell you how strict their fda is Mm-hmm. cafe i think it's cafe priest or coffee priest my bad not cafe i need caffeine coffee priest every delegation log for every study hmm their <laughs> Wow. fda coffee priest Mm hmm that's every person on the delegation log you have to have a science related degree Wow. To even be a coordinator, to even be an assistant, to Wow. even enter data. Yeah. If you don't think the rest of the world has already caught up and we're over here, you know, fighting amongst ourselves about nonsense, these countries are catching up. Yeah. They're not catching up. They caught up. Yeah, they The only did. reason why we're still important is because most of the money's here. Exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. We That got I know. to figure out for the next generation STEM to Yeah. value STEM. Exactly. Like, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but it's like, to me, it's kind of concerning as somebody who's getting older and, you know, watching out for the next generation. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 the world is changing, like in a lot. I mean, and some companies are even cutting the requirements for degrees, like bigger companies, like some of the tech companies um, are cutting like Google, they're cutting like, you don't need a bachelor's anymore. Like they're seeing some evolution that the bachelor's is not needed. But I know in our industry and in, in, in the in the science field, we need it. It's important. The medicine background, the medical assisting background, some kind of knowledge base in science is very important. So, you know, I think it, it really starts. Um, and I was talking to one of the SOS um, attendees, just we just connected earlier today. Um, Brianna, she was uh, shout out to Brianna. <laughs> She's watching. Yeah. Um, Shout but out Brianna. um, we were talking about how to find good talent for to be at the sites, um, to be at the like new up and coming study coordinators. And one of the things I said to her, I was like, go to the career fairs at the high schools. Let them know that clinical research is even an option. Um, I used to come back 
from college back to a drive back to Los Angeles um, for my, my uncle, he used to be a high school teacher, art teacher, and they had um, career days. And so he was like, come talk to these kids. You know, like they don't know what they want to do. These knuckleheads here, like, you know, spark them with something. Yep. And so I would stand at the front of the room and I was like, I get to travel for my job. I get to work from home. And guess what? I make a six-figure salary. And that got everybody's head turned around. And then they were like, what? And even the teachers were like, what? And so then they were all in. And they were like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, political research. And they were like, what is that? So I would, you know, like, so it's a field that not enough people know about. And we need to catch it while they're still in high school when they're yeah. deciding, what am I going to do? What can I go into you know, like, what are my options? We need to catch that good talent at that point as well. So yes. then we can nurture them. Then they can go. Then they have a pathway when they go to school, you know, like, OK, I'm going to actually take a, a science, you know, like pursue something in science because this is going to help me in my ultimate career goal. These are all things that we need to start with the next generation um, at that high school level. I think I absolutely right. I think with. Latinos in clinical research, mm -hmm. we have like the a game plan and we've done a few things with high schools, but yeah. we definitely need to do more and everybody has to play their part. I mean, yeah. it makes sense for you if you're a site owner mm -hmm. um, to get your community involved, even if you yeah. develop an internship program, yeah, um, something like that. I think we can all do something and contribute, not just to our own communities, but to the industry as a whole, because the rest of the world's catch, they're already caught up. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's still a, there's still lots of opportunity. You know, the AI is not going to be able to do everything. We still need boots on the ground so we cannot outsource everything. We may get to, we get we may get more efficient in some areas, but we still are going to need the people to be in the industry um, and working, you know, the various roles, because um, even the CTM role, it's like, a computer system probably would fry out with all the, the scenarios that we have to, you know, like yeah. all of the things that come to you and it'd be like, yeah. I don't think it can compute what's going on and like how to assess these things. It might come faster. That's the thing is that we don't know. Yeah. Um, we don't know. My PI told me, my PI here in Yuma, he's near retirement age. Mm -hmm. He's, I think he's like 65 or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he just turned 65. I was talking with one of the younger PIs in the office and RPI overheard us. I said, yeah, AI, you know, it's going to take over, like, I think mid-level providers. My PI came over. He said, you know what? In 10 years, what's going to be in this office? And he pointed at the private practice. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all these MAs walking mm -hmm. around with an iPad. And the iPad's going to be algorithm, mm -hmm. AI, properly diagnosing mm -hmm. the patients better than the doctors because the yep. doctors have bad days. Doctors have bad moods. Mm -hmm. They can miss stuff. So that's the future. Yeah. Exactly. So no job is truly safe. You have to look to innovate. You have to look what you can do differently. Yep. Interestingly enough, the most, like you said, boots on the ground. Yeah. I think those are the safest jobs, like medical assistants, mm -hmm. coordinators, yep. CRAs. They got to mm -hmm. go on the ground. They have to go. The most yeah. practical stuff. 
Yeah. The operations part, mm -hmm. the, you know, cause I mean, you guys, you have to get your binders or you have to at least have your, even if you're doing e-reg, it has to be set up. So you still need your CTAs. You still need your clinical trial managers. So those operational pieces, yes, I, those are, those are going to be the longevity here. Some things may be outsourced, but also, you know, they may see that some of the outsources is not as great as they think. And so they may bring it back in house, you know, bring, bring it back to the United States at, at a certain point, you know, but to, to get started, it, it may be outsourced, but then it could always come back. So you have to be ready, you know, kind of know what you want to do, um, continue to get yourself ready, get that experience so you can pivot any way um, it comes at us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tiffany's LinkedIn is underneath. Yes. The book link is underneath. Yes. Uh, introduction and clinical research guidebook. Yeah. Um, anything that we haven't touched on that you want to cover in this last segment here? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Is there any questions that I can help? Any questions that you typically get from some of the the followers that you're like, hey, well, let me get another opinion on this. <laughs> I mean, I think you touched on them. Most yeah. of them, I think the re the fact that you leave the resume and application till the last step mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. I get messaged all the time. Hey, do you do resumes? I'm trying to get in the industry. And I usually respond back something like you said, like, yeah, that's the last step. The yeah. first step, there's nothing you can do with your resume right now. Yeah. What can we possibly do if yeah. you don't have GCP training? Like, exactly. there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can do and learning. So a part of the ebook, they also get over, they get over a hundred emails, one a week. So like, let's just say I'm a high school student. Maybe in two years, I'm thinking about it. We're letting them know every week, FDA, who, who's the FDA? Okay. What's ICH? What's GCP? So every week they get a three minute read that's also continuing their education to the industry. This is all powerful because when you get in and you have an interview, they're going to be like, okay, so tell me what you know. And so you got to know something, you know, because right now all of these site owners, every company, they need you to get going. They don't have training programs. They don't have anything that's going to be like how you would expect. Oh, they're going to onboard me for a nice six weeks and, you know, teach me all. Yeah. I know. Mm -mm, they don't. That's, that's not, there's no pampering luxury oh. boutique service. Like, First of all, you're not that special. Yeah. Like what? You're not like this. People have to be real with themselves. Yeah. Even if you are that special, and if you are that special, you'd go out of your way to get GCP training. Exactly. Read Tiffany's book. Like yeah. You know, don't say you're special. Show them that you are. Yeah. Exactly. Come, come with it. You know, like because a lot of people don't realize too education prior to the interview, you may only get one chance to, okay, say you get your resume through and they're like, oh, let's call this person. That's your one chance. You got to be hitting it. You got to go. You can't be like, uh, yeah, I, well, I'll do some <laughs> research in the, it, once I get the job, they're like, no, next, you know, like you lost that opportunity, but lost if you're it. coming through with, Hey, I know. And that's what I tell um, my CTM students as well. Uh, those that are like CTAs, CRAs, even some site um, like lead CRCs. Hey, if you want to be a CTM, you got to show them that you want to be a CTM because there is no training for CTM. Once they give you that job, they are literally handing you a study 
and you don't have time to figure it out. You got to start executing. You're solving problems day one. Like, yeah, day one. <laughs> you're putting out fires day one. Day one. And if you're <laughs> like, I mean, if they're like, do this and you're like, uh, how do I do an interim analysis? You're yeah. getting flagged. I mean, you know, like, and I've seen a lot of people that get into the CTM role and they get taken off. The sponsor yeah. says, no, yeah. that one, that's, no, they don't know enough. They're not moving quick enough kind of I thing. I think the putting out fire analogy is appropriate. It'd be like yeah. going to be a firefighter with, do you don't know how to hook up the hose. Yeah. You don't know how to hold it. You don't yeah. know how to use it. And your first day, you want to go put out fires and save yeah. lives. Like, exactly. What do you, yes. what do you do? What are we doing here? Yeah. And, and the, the, the sponsors now, they're not putting up with it. They may give you one or two chances. And so that's why that's why I'm the biggest proponent. I'm like, if you're really serious about the CTM role, get the training, get a mentor that's going to walk you through. And I know for your CRC and CRA Academy, too, you're walking them through so they're not making these rookie mistakes or at least they have a person, a mentor to come back to and say, hey how do I do this kind of thing? You know, like, and that's what they don't get on the job. I can tell you a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you don't get that. You get you that way. Get it's that. too late. You already made the mistakes you, by the time you learn. Yeah. <laughs> you made the late. mistakes. You're on the hot <laughs> list. You're probably about to get reassigned. Yep. And with the market right now, that's kind of scary because if you get reassigned, they're going to take someone else that has a little bit more experience and you could be out of a job if they can't reassign you kind of thing. So it's worth the investment. I, I can't, it's just like investing in a degree. Yeah. It's, you, and instead of a degree, your book's 40 bucks, 47 yeah. bucks. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> That's another thing I get. Should I go to college and get a master's in XYZ? No, no, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, get the experience. I mean, honestly, Dan, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't get my master's in clinical research. You would have got it later, maybe. I would have. At the end, I wrote a thesis, great thesis. I still, I was just talking about it earlier today. I have a thesis, um, but it was to help me write a protocol. I'm not a protocol writer. That's a, that's a medical writer. That's another position as yeah. a CTM kind of where I'm at right now. I took a, a certificate, clinical trial design and management. That was, now that was worth the time, you know, so there, and there's, and that's probably a like fraction that. of the cost of your fraction. MBA. When I when I finally paid my last bill of seventy eight k for my uh, master's, I was like, mm, mm. "Me too." I got an MBA. Yeah. In hindsight, I think you're right. I didn't yeah. need it. I yeah. did it because I thought I was inadequate in running a site. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't and need it. Exactly. <laughs> it's the experience. It's the right type of certification. Those are all the things that are so important. So. That's why we have this book too, is like to really guide the people. People spend, oh, this is my last kind of gripe. People spend 800, 2000 to these resume reviewer and writers. Oh my gosh. That are not even connected to clinical research. If and we I'm could like... just call them all out and like blacklist them, <laughs> that'd be such a good thing. And the problem is then they come to reputable educators yeah. like you and me. Yeah. And they ask for the same thing. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not what works. What works exactly. is you have to learn the fundamentals, then go out yeah. and do it. And then we that's do your it. resume. We yeah. do your resume last exactly. in our program. After the internship, we do your resume. Exactly. And that's the same thing. It's like, 
oh my God, you know, I, I feel bad. And I, 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 I'm like, here, let send me your resume. Let me see what's going on. And, and I'm like, yeah, I could see why we're not getting anywhere. Cause this shortcuts, is not, man. People want the shortcuts. Yeah. The shortcuts. And so our industry, if you want to do it right, you want to get in, you gotta do, you gotta do the right thing. So get the ebook. Look, it's underneath. Get uh, Dan's oh, book. Thank I got you Dan. That. You know, like you. <laughs> the the ebook is a roadmap. Dan's book goes into detail. You need both. You don't need just one or the other. You need both. You know, like those kind of things. So aligning with that and then continuing to be ambitious and getting that um, experience. You you know, like you got to get internship, volunteer, ten hours, five hours, do a Saturday clinic, help with recruitment. You can get your. I mean, like you, Dan, if someone came to you and was like, hey, I don't need anything. I just want to be a sponge. Can I can I do something for five hours a week for you? I mean, I, I bet you'll probably find something to do or we your find, colleagues would We find something. Yeah, yeah, something. Because that's showing ambitious, you know, like their ambition, all of those things. Like you're that is someone you want to say, yeah, I'm going to figure out something to give you just because you've approached me in that way. It has to be done in the right way. Like these yeah. are my skills already. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is then what you I can, can figure do. out. Yeah. This is what I can do. I love social media. I took a, I took a look mm -hmm. at your page. I see that maybe we can, you know, improve a couple of areas, you know, this way, something like that, doing that research, that's going to get you there. And if you do that job seekers to 10 people, chances yeah. are one or two will say yes. Exactly. It's in even the, that's still hard. Like people think, yeah. oh, free, like my service. Well, still a majority are going to say no because they don't yeah. really have time. Yeah, but two exactly. out of ten will yeah. will say yeah, and that's that's what you got to do. You got to do it. Get in there and then work your way up. You know, like and there's no shortcuts. There may be some for some people. I've seen some people they got they went. Well, from nepotism like, is usually a shortcut. Like you yeah. know somebody, and that's it. Like we <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't exactly. work out in the long run. I don't. It think. Does it because they're they're sweating in their boots. But some of those nep some of those nepotism people are actually good. Like so yeah. they get lucky. But they the fat that's a minority yeah yeah definitely so <laughs> these are all the things that i kind of that we see i see out there your questions and so we can't answer all the questions but hopefully you know the ebook can kind of give you a mm -hmm. good roadmap to say oh i didn't even know this position even existed or even give you titles to look up it's like it's sparking thought and yeah. like okay well let me go and look a little bit further as opposed to i just want to be in this industry and give me a job now okay because <laughs> <laughs> i'm special everyone thinks they're special exactly. even if you are special i get it like you're yeah, special you are but, but you the employer doesn't know that <laughs> exactly they don't and, and you they know, see a thousand special people on their resumes every day <laughs> exactly a hundred percent so yeah you know like it, it's always a pleasure dan to come and, Thank and, you, and, Tiffany. and speak um you know i really really i told everybody i was like if you didn't get to that SOS conference last oh year, gosh. be the first to register for next year because it was it was it was refreshing. I I would definitely say you know I haven't been to a conference since 2022, and I was happy that that was my first one back. Wow. Um, you know it was really good. People, you know, people I didn't even know on LinkedIn. They're like, hey, I follow you, and I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, like you know, like <laughs> how can I help you? And we were doing career sessions right there and there, like right, you know, like. Thank you so much for yeah. that. And speaking so of pricing, it. like that was yeah. fifty. Early bird was fifty yeah. bucks, uh, and, and that, we even and had giveaways for free. And that pricing 
was so sweet because I there's a conference that even I wanted to go to three thousand dollars I was jeez you know like <laughs> I was as and then I looked at the agenda again I was like uh can I get this elsewhere you know like I want to be there but some of those prices that will price out even yeah. the best you know like yeah. even the best who want to go out there so like come on now it has to be within reason mm -hmm. to get to get the people there well, we're we're trying together. I think we can move the industry forward. You're doing a lot on your end too, Tiffany. So thank yeah. you so much for giving back. And everybody needs to connect with Tiffany. Her LinkedIn is underneath. Yeah. And the book, the ebook is underneath as well. Yeah. So go yeah. check those out right now in the show notes or underneath this video. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure.